0: Good morning, Pet Appreciators. Good morning, Twin Cities, and welcome to the Pet Connection Show here on AM 950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. Hey, both Kathy Menard, myself, and Dr. Nicole Peralta, are your hosts today, and we're both here um, live. The show was live today. I know we've both taken a few a uh, few weekends off here, but uh, happy to be live and back in the studio uh, with you, Pet Appreciators. And I also want to say happy Pride. Happy Pride Day for, for everybody there that's celebrating, and, and uh, happy for you. And and I know that the parade will be starting pretty soon, and I hope all goes well. And I hope the rain clouds just hold off for a little bit. Um, but rain or shine, I know that the parade will be great. So, again, happy Pride to everybody. Um, and good morning to you, Dr. Nicole. How are you?
1: Good morning. I'm doing well. How about you guys?
0: Uh, good, good, good over here, too. Hey, I also want to just say... Um, Well, I also want to say, hey, I saw my co-host, Dr. Nicole Parole. (laughs) We don't always like see each other. We don't live in the same state, although we do work in the same state. We do text. Sometimes we talk on the phone. We definitely are on air together. But I saw her, Pet Appreciators, (laughs) and I saw her at Petapalooza. Was that last weekend? God, yes. It oh was My
1: goodness, we're in the same. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Still like a long time ago. I know, doesn't it? Hey, but I I just want to say what fun Petapalooza uh, has always been for me and my business The Urban Dog and I just wanted to take a moment and say, you know, thank you to everybody that stopped by and said hello and that kind of thing and and I hope everybody had a really great time. We had at a new park. So, um, you know, a, a different location and that kind of stuff. So, um, a little bit different this year, but just uh, again want to thank everybody who did show up and it was fun talking to everybody. And meeting um, some new people so um, thank you, thank you uh, for sure, for sure but anyways, I don't know about your household Dr. Nicole, but but the, the dogs at mine are very mellow today, I think they just sort of sense that it's a rainy Sunday day sometimes I think that, I can't get them to play I can't get them to wrestle except for a couple little puppies, but everybody's just really chill, and sometimes I think that has to do with the weather and pet appreciators, maybe that's what it's like at your household too nothing wrong with that Nothing wrong with a mellow day if you're not out celebrating pride or, or hanging out at your cabin or whatever. So but anyways, um, I know it's a little bit rainy today, but I also saw on my weather thing on my phone that next week might feel physically feel weather wise more like summer, like a hot summer. I think they're predicting upper eighties and and maybe some low ninety temperatures. We'll see if that really pans out. Who knows? That's hard to predict. But um Um, especially with so many changes in the weather and climate, you know, that kind of thing, all those concerns that I'm sure we all share. Um, But I did read, and it was a reminder to me because it wasn't in the forefront of my mind, you know, because I always think with the hot weather, oh, you know, um, with my business, we got to, you know, shorten the walks and make sure everybody's really hydrated and pay attention to their breathing and don't push it in the hot weather and that kind of thing. But I recently read an article about a dog recently, In Texas, obviously, they'll have hotter weather sooner than we do. But the dog, Golden Retriever, your average, wonderful Golden Retriever, on an average hike with the owner, just something that they've done many times. And sure enough, I mean, it was a hot day, but sure enough, um, I don't know if it was at some point during the hike or after the hike, but it was clear that the dog's paws... We were sore. And so when the owner looked at the paws, all four, keep in mind, were severely burnt because of the heat, the sun pounding on the asphalt for part of the trail. And um, seriously, I mean, they, it, it was, I read that the skin on the pad or whatever you want to call it, Dr. Nicole will correct me here, I'm sure, in a minute, um, was so burnt that it was almost to the muscle. Almost to the muscle. And right away in my mind, I'm like, a muscle in a paw pad? So I want to ask Dr. Nicole about that too. But the photos were kind of gruesome and looked really, really painful. And the dog, I mean, the dog had four bandages on, you know, all four paws. And I thought, oh, I mean, I felt really bad for the owner because I know the owner, you know, it sounded like a wonderful owner, just, you know, out walking and just wasn't quite aware at how hot the asphalt was. You know, a good rule of thumb. Although you probably don't want to wait until this degree or whatever. But if it's too hot for your hand, it's too hot for their paws. And um, if it's almost too hot for your hand, maybe that should be a better warning instead of too hot, you know? but anyways, I, you know, I'm curious, Dr. Nicole. I, I don't know if you read this or or anything, but how long of a recovery is that? It's gotta be painful. Any sort of burn I would think would be um, I would assume regrowth would happen and everything would be normal, you know, a full recovery after a certain amount of time. Lots uh, of antibiotics and ointment and that kind of stuff, I would think. But there's muscle in, in the paw pads? So I'm just curious if you can talk a little bit about that. Whether you were familiar with the the news story or not,
1: I did see that, and I felt so bad for that poor little pup. Um, and and I I always feel the worst for animals when they have issues with their with their paws because it's not like it's not like us if we had you know a cut on our finger or a really bad wound. Like they actually have to walk on all of their paws. You know, it's not like one where they could lift it up and, and keep going. You know, this was all four, and I just, oh, I felt so bad. Um, and paw, excuse me, paw pad injuries are are pretty terrible because that that pad, it can take forever to, to heal. Even a paw pad laceration, so where they're cut with something, you know, we place sutures, those take so long to heal. Like, normally we say remove 10, you know, sutures in 10 to 14 days, I've seen paw pads take so much longer than that to heal, you know, and if the surface of the pad is gone or had been sloughed away, you know, there's, there's always concern that, you know, will that pad ever really grow back? Um, and there's muscle, you know, right underneath the, the paw pad. So if you think about your, your dog or cat's paw, you know, you feel the roughened paw pad and that's those, those pads are there to protect the bones you know, so if you think about there's the digital pads, those are protecting the bones of the digits. Um, and then there's, you know, the carpal and tarsal pads. Those are there to protect, you know, the underside of the, basically their area front in front of their wrist and their ankle. Um, I'm sorry, their foot, not their ankle. <laughs> but, you know, so those are there for a reason. When those are removed, I always just cringe trying to think, well, what's going to happen in the future when this dog is, you know, walking, is there going to be a roughened surface that's protecting the bone? Um, I'm assuming it's going to heal just fine. But like you said, lots and lots of bandage changes, lots of ointments. Sometimes we'll actually use um, like a Manuka honey strip because um, that's, you know, definitely thought to help kind of heal wounds faster. Um, but those bandages probably need, I bet they're probably changing those every day or every other day at the at the least. Um and it will be a long, long recovery. But, you know, we've seen it before, and I'm sure the pup will do just fine. But you just, oh, you feel so bad for them. Manu- and the owners, like you said, they didn't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, just walking along, you know, maybe maybe the dog was off leash or on a loose leash and maybe, you know, kind of dragging, be- not dragging, but, you know, wandering behind them, sniffing and checking things out. You know what I mean? So, um, mm-hmm. So just, I think, for all of us, You know, just that extra awareness, you know, as we go into these hot temperatures. Um, And, you know, that's another thing, too. Although I I have all these questions I want to ask you about when I was listening to you talk about it. But, you know, um, and I don't know all the circumstances, so I'm not judging this person at all. But I just would assume that it might have been a little bit more noticeable if the dog was, like, next to you or in front of you. You know, because sometimes, you know, dogs will kind of meander... Behind with their leash and and stuff like that, and and we could lose. I mean, we lose a, a our ability to uh, notice things. You know, like whether they've picked up a chicken bone or ate something else or stepped on a bee or, you know, if they're slowing down because they're tired. Are they slowing down because their paws are starting to really hurt? So. I don't know just that extra you know walks are, are fun and casual and you know I don't want people to always feel like they have to be on hyper alert you know um and not really enjoy the walk but you know just something to keep in mind you know something like that can happen you just don't want it to happen to you and your pup it's hard you know it's definitely hard you said something about a honey strip though like like I think everybody probably knows about that but me so could you educate me Dr Nicole
1: <laughs> well, anytime we have kind of an open wound or a sore where we are trying to kind of stimulate the wound to heal, we want what's called healthy granulation tissue. So it's like a kind of a reddish tissue. I mean, it just looks like healthy tissue trying to heal. Um, and so oftentimes we'll use little strips of this Manuka honey that you can buy. Um, and then you leave it, you know, you place that on the wound and then you wrap it with a bandage. You And you're changing it, you know, every day or every two days and it's just amazing what it can do. Like you take before and after pictures or you take pictures every day and that wound just gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And it definitely, I think is, is in large part due to the honey because it's just helping, you know, keep that area, um, moist. You know, if you think about two honey is very sugary bacteria love sugar. So it's going to attract bacteria away from that wound. Um, you know, so it's just, yeah, I think it's a, we use it a lot, um, and I've always been super happy with the success
0: on it. That's really interesting, and I and I have more questions about that. Just real simple, simple answers. Um, although we are getting closer and closer to a commercial break, um, so I'm just wondering if um, we can just finish that uh, little bit of a conversation on the other side. But it, it doesn't have to do with honey. I'm just, you know, curious a little bit more about honey. And um, whether that's something that we could, you know, sort of um, think about in terms of our everyday pet lives. Um, basically, if it's something that we can or should keep in a first aid kit, you know, or in a, you know, keep along in, in the car or the truck or whatever we're driving if we're going out and about in the day, keep at the cabin, um, keep at doggy daycares, you know, that kind of thing. If that's something that um, is helpful and obviously cleaning the wound would be the most important thing. But um, after that, if that's something, Dr. Nicole, that you think that the average person pet owners should should have. But we are going into a commercial break, so we'll just address that on the other side. Thank you so much, uh, Pet Appreciators. We'll be right back.
1: Total Dog Company has a great rewards program. It's called the Frequent Barker card. You earn punches on the card based on the amount you spend. One punch for every $10. After you get 12 punches, you can redeem the card for $10 off a purchase. Everything we sell qualifies so you get points and use points on things you really want. The Frequent Barker program at Total Dog Company in New Hope, right off of 169 at 9432 36th Avenue North and at totaldogcompany.com.
2: This is Gregory Rich, founder of Habitation Furnishing and Design, and host of Drink in the Style every Sunday at 5 p.m. You know, on the radio program, I often say that life is the big stuff, but living is in the details. The furniture in your home may be details, but that's where you do the living. So why not speak to one of Habitation's design professionals about making your space the best it can be? Habitation, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. Tom Hartman here, letting you know how you can go solar with All Energy Solar, even way up north in Minnesota. Lots of people ask them, isn't Minnesota too cloudy for solar? No. The truth, for one thing, Minneapolis gets nearly as much sun each year as Houston, Texas. But it isn't just about how much sun you get. It's also about having access to great local incentive programs that make solar affordable. Learn what your options are to save with solar. And visit AllEnergySolar.com today. It's a great time to spend these June days in the garden, admiring visitors in the birdbath and marveling at what managed to sprout out of the ground. Unfortunately, those colorful flowers can track in 50 shades of dirty, soiled carpeting. Luckily, Zero Res is here to save the day. You can get three rooms of carpet cleaned and sanitized starting at just 149 bucks. So call Zero Res today at 9520Res. Or go online at ZeroResMinnesota.com. And don't forget to say you want that AM950 special, Zero Res.
0: Atheists Talk is the radio show for free-thinking Minnesotans. Listen on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock. Every Sunday we bring you science, philosophy, politics, and plain old fun from an atheist point of view. Visit our website at minnesotaatheists.org for more details. Tune in to Atheists Talk Radio Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota.
1: It's good radio without the good book.
0: Joining us, you're listening to the Pet Connection Show here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Kathy Menard here along with Dr. Nicole Perrault um, live here in the studio. Uh, Happy to be spending Sunday morning with you. Again, happy pride to everybody um, out there. Uh, I just want to say too that I forgot to... to mention you're always welcome to call in pet appreciators dr nicole's on for the whole show so if you have any questions about you know medical stuff or whatever um always feel free to call in 952-946-6205 again that number is 952-946-6205 and dr nicole and i and and you as well we're just kind of finishing finishing up a conversation um about paw, paw pads and paw pads being injured and um burnt and and you know Cut and that kind of thing, and Doctor Nicole brought up um, honey strips. Although I, um, I'll let you say the the correct name. I've already forgotten about it. But I'm just wondering, Doctor Nicole. I know you, you've you've went over in detail about um, some of these injuries and that kind of thing in the healing process. But is honey or are these honey strips something pet owners could? could use, could sort of turn to in terms of small injuries after cleaning their their dog's wounds? Is it something that is okay for skin as well as paws? And, um, you know, just when is it not okay? And would you recommend it being part of a, a, a pet first aid kit?
1: Well, I think the times that we would use Manuka honey um, are going to be times when there's been like a large laceration or a large sore. Excuse me. And in those cases, I don't, I don't think it would be something that pet owners would handle on their own, if that makes sense. Um, it, I think there are some creams and things like that that might have honey in it that maybe would be something that for very minor wounds, you know, could be used. But, you know, usually, like I said, they're going to be in cases where there's a large wound where you would obviously have needed veterinary Attention, um, so I guess i'm not I'm not sure you know how that would work on just minor superficial wounds because you know the honey strips you don't really want them attached to the skin anywhere they're only attached to a deep wound or like a, a large wound where there's you know tissue exposed, so you don't want to put that on the skin. Um, I don't know what it would do if it was on the skin. I don't know that it would do much I, I guess I'm not sure on that, but generally I've only only seen them used and ordered by veterinarians. So I guess I'm not sure about that.
0: Okay. All right. And I, you know, I was just thinking like, this
1: might be such a remote
0: sort of problem that would ever come up, a rare thing. But, you know, just say somebody's up at their cabin, they're kind of in a remote part of the, the countryside or whatever, and, you know, there there is an injury with their dog, let's just say a paw or whatever, and it would take quite a while to find a vet that was open, an emergency vet, Um, after cleaning it, is is just regular honey something that can be used as sort of an antibiotic or, you know what I mean, just is that, I was just thinking of people who are just sort of like in a pinch, far away, but yep, they've got a a little bottle of honey in the cupboard at their cabin, you know, is that, am I just, I don't know, I'm just wondering if that's an option, just I'm stuck on this honey thing, Nicole. Nicole.
1: Um, ah, no, no pun intended. I definitely. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that was a good one. I'm definitely not, you know, an expert on the honey, but I, um, I think it would be okay to put that on a wound, and then you'd have to use some type of a telfa pad or something because it's going to be quite messy. Um, but otherwise, I would say just, you know, wrap it and then get to the vet. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't imagine any type of negative, you know, adverse effect of using it. But I certainly can't. You know,
0: for sure, say it's okay. Right, right. <laughs> On oh. the air. Okay, yeah.
1: <laughs> all right.
0: Okay. You know, another dog, and you may have heard about this one too. Um, but like ingestion issues, um, or or an ingestion issue was something that I called Dr. Nicole about um, earlier in the week. Um, and I've I've left a message there with the owners, but so I'm not quite sure how it all turned out. But we just have, you know. With my business, obviously, there's lots of different dogs all the time, blah blah blah, and um, there's one dog, uh, right around a year old, yellow lab, um, playful, rambunctious, curious, um, energetic. You know, your typical yellow yellow lab at one years old. And I've noticed that um, when she'll drink water, we have to try and limit the water, right? So she doesn't drink the whole big bowl and then it'll all come up, which is what's been happening but so we're you know just having her drinking more often but just a few sips at a time but what I noticed and I don't mean to gross you out pet appreciator so I'm sorry about this but it might have something to do with an obstruction and um I just want you to be aware of it so it's another tool in your tool in your pet parenting toolkit you know what I mean but like so I know this dog is like fed at like six or seven in the morning And when this incident first happened, this uh, drinking water and then vomiting it right back up, it's like her whole breakfast came up. And of course, we kind of, you know, that's not uncommon. We all kind of know that could happen. But what, and again, I don't mean to be gross, but what I noticed right away was like the whole breakfast, I mean, it, it looked like a good two cups. And. And it had been probably about six or seven hours since she ate. And there wasn't one kernel or kibble that looked digested. It looked like it was just pouring out of the bag. And I was like, how long does it take to digest food? You know what I mean? Like, number one, the dog must not have chewed. The dog must have inhaled because they were all the same pieces, you know. And it just sat in her stomach for six or seven hours and didn't change shape at all. And right away, I'm like, this is so odd to me, but maybe not. So I'm going to call Dr. Nicole. And I was thinking, you know, how long? I mean, does that mean that there's something stuck, which is what Dr. Nicole thought, that there might be a partial obstruction or like? does dog food take that long to digest or certain types of dog food or certain types of ingredients? And is that healthy? I mean, if it takes that long in your stomach and after six or seven hours, it hasn't changed shape or form or size, are you getting nutritional value out of that? I mean, how how does your dog get nutritional value if the food isn't broken down or whatever in the stomach? So... I I I don't know if anybody out there has any thoughts on that, but I would like some, some more info on it. And I thought Dr. Nicole could address that too because um, the dog is having stools. So I also was thinking maybe the dog is eating more than two cups. You know, maybe there's per meal. Maybe there's just so much food in there that it's sort of in a waiting line, you know, to get to the stomach to be digested. I don't know, but Dr. Nicole, what are your thoughts? And of course, you know, is there, we, we had some computer uh, issues here, so I just want to make sure with the engineer, is that correct? We only have about a minute left. Okay, so Dr. Nicole, whatever you want to say in a minute, and then we'll we'll uh, pick up the conversation on the other side.
1: Well, I definitely think it's odd that the kibble looked like it came right out of the bag. That's certainly strange because, you know, in a normal, healthy, young dog you know, sometimes the the food is digested and, you know, moving its way through the intestines like within four to six hours. There definitely still should not be food sitting in the stomach at, you know, six plus hours after they ate, let alone have it be completely undigested. So it does make me a little suspicious about like a partial obstruction, like maybe a piece of a ball just sitting in the stomach, you know, preventing things from taking place and from moving, um, you know, perfectly through into the small intestine Um, some dogs will have like a a delayed emptying of their stomach as well Um, so it's just very strange I mean I think that dog would benefit from some type of a workup whether it's endoscopy or a barium study or something
0: all right and we're going to pick right up on that on the other side of the break please stay with us pet appreciators
1: Matt McNeil
3: for Rudy Luther Toyota Conquer the road trip, family vacation. It's easy with a Toyota Sienna. The trick to road trips is to not get exhausted, and as a man who's been behind the wheel for 16-hour days, the Toyota Sienna makes those days comfortable. Roomy, relaxing, and a treat to drive, it makes the long day's drive easy. Highway driving, city driving, or country driving, you'll make it a memorable trip with a Toyota Sienna. And it fits all your gear. Test drive one today at Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley.
2: Hello, Twin Cities listeners, Tom Hartman here. Join me for a talk on Saturday, June 29th at Next Chapter Booksellers. That's at 38 South Snelling Avenue. It's at 7 p.m. Mass shootings are on the rise, so what's holding the U.S. back from enacting change? The Hidden History of Guns in the Second Amendment, my new book, is an in-depth, historically informed view of the role guns have played throughout American history. From early European settlement to the Revolutionary War and Manifest Destiny, through the use of the slave patrols in the Deep South, which became the well-regulated militias, so debated in 1787, to the recent school massacres. Plus, I'll talk solutions and sign books. In fact, a whole spectrum of my books. So if you have questions, come. We'll be doing a Q&A. Put it on your calendar. Saturday, June 29th at 7 p.m. Join me at Next Chapter Booksellers, 38 South Snelling Avenue. Look forward to seeing you there and bring your questions. Tag, you're it. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker Freddie Bell.
1: Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents.
3: Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Catch new beginnings with Freddie Bell, Saturdays at 11 on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota.
1: Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens is the first green cemetery in Minnesota. It's a beautiful, peaceful place where burials are celebrations of life with as little impact on the environment as possible. Tony Weber founded it because he wants to leave a green legacy for his grandchildren, something many of us might feel. Learn more, visit the website mngreengraves.com. Give them a call. The goal is so meaningful, so positive, it might be right for you. Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens.
2: I'm Richard R.J. Escal, and this week on The Zero Hour, we'll be discussing political corruption, Wall Street shenanigans, our corporate overlords, digital dystopia, and maybe throw in a surprise or two as well. All this and more on The Zero Hour, every Sunday night from 9 until midnight on AM 950, The Progressive Voice of Minnesota. With your AM950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Today's showers with a high near 77. While tonight's mostly cloudy with a low around 62, tomorrow more showers and a high near 75. Tuesday, sunny with a high near 84, and Wednesday, sunny with a high near 87. Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens is Minnesota's first green cemetery with a passion and dedication to celebrating life and protecting our environment. They believe burials are celebrations of life and should have as little impact on the environment as possible. More information at mngreengraves.com.
0: Welcome back, Pet Appreciators. Welcome back to the Pet Connection Show here on AM 950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. So happy that you're spending part of your Sunday mornings with us, uh, with myself and Dr. Nicole. Um, And again, always feel free to call in 952-946-6205. We were just starting a conversation about partial obstruction. Um, and also related to that is just food being digested Um, and what we can learn about that and and if there's any warning signs regarding any sort of obstruction issues but Dr. Nicole you um, you were right in the middle of of addressing this and so I'm just going to let you go right back to that.
1: Well I just think yeah anytime there's you know, an issue where you're you're noticing that there's delayed emptying of the stomach, you know, it can certainly be, you know, the cause of, of something stuck in there. And so um, a couple ways to figure this out, I think probably the cheapest way um, would be to start with just x-rays. Um, likely won't show us a whole lot, but then what I would suggest is giving like a, like a barium. I don't know if anybody knows what that is, but it's like a white, it's a white liquid that you feed to the animals and then we take x-rays every like, 20 to 30 minutes and you're kind of watching it go through the intestinal tract. Um, The the goal is to give enough barium so that properly fills the stomach. That way we can see, is there something in there? Is there a mass or is there something else there? Um, You know, and and watching how long is it taking to get out of the stomach? Is there, is it hung up somewhere? Um, So it's not going to be your only tool. I think the best tool could potentially be an endoscopy where you you know that would be something that, that they do at like Blue Pearl or the University of Minnesota or AERC um, where um, you know the animal is sedated and there's a scope that goes down their esophagus. It's looking for any issues there, um, goes in and around the stomach there and then it can go through the, the pyloric sphincter into the small intestine a little bit so that you can kind of look around and see is there something bouncing around in here? Is there, God forbid, a mass or some abnormal tissue that's causing this? Um, and then at that point, maybe biopsies could be taken because some of these dogs could certainly have something like inflammatory bowel disease as well. You know, if there's some thickening um, where things are not, you know, allowing things to pass properly, that could be an issue too.
0: Good point. And then how long?
1: How long should a
0: owner wait? Like when? You know, if you just think, oh, well, maybe it's just because she was running around and it just she was so active and busy. It just, you know, like you can find some sort of reason why it might not be an obstruction because all the other uh, factors that you're considering seem to be normal with the dog. Like when when do you when does it go? You don't want it to be an emergency, obviously, but when do you think is a good time to say, you know what? I think we should get this checked out just to rule out something.
1: Well, I think if it happens more than one time, I mean, if it happened just the one time, you know, it might just be an an isolated incident. Um, Certainly, you know, with her running around and being active, that actually stimulates gastric motility. Like it stimulates the intestines, um, you know, to to move quicker. So that would even be more strange, I think, that, you know, if that was a reason. Um, But I think, yeah, if it happens more than one time or if they ever see her Maybe some days she doesn't feel like eating and then to eat and kind of laxing and waning, clinical signs like that. Then I think it's something to get checked out for sure.
0: Okay. All right. And then um, if there was a partial obstruction and things weren't being digested and, and, and food was sort of left in her stomach a lot longer or with any dog, do you start to worry about um, another issue, um, which would be bloat? Like just the stomach becoming just not over overly functional, and then not that that you know I know that that's not like the root cause of bloat, But do you worry about that? Like there's just too much in the stomach, and so therefore the stomach might not. You know what I mean? Uh.
1: Yeah, if it like atrophies, like from yeah, if it's, it's if it's too enlarged, it's kind of stretched out. Yeah, um, you know you, you do worry about the nerves, you know, the, the nerve control to the stomach and all that blood supply. Um, so, yes, that can certainly be an issue, but usually in cases of an obstruction, the animals are able to vomit um, and that releases like fluid and, you know, removes the fluid It removes whatever is causing uh, the issue there. And, and sometimes just air, you know, they, they're aerophagic, we call it, you know, they're swallowing all this air. Um, certainly that can do the, the same thing. Okay. All
0: right. Yeah. I was wondering about that. You know, if there is like an a, a partial obstruction um, issue, Dr. Nicole, um, is it emergency surgery right away or, or does, or do people have time to like think about um, whether they want to stick with the, the regular clinic or go to the U or Blue Pearl or some of these other emergency places? Um, and then also, you know, just a just the, the cost of it, you know what I mean? Like if they know that there's going to be a surgery and they know that it's going to be cost prohibitive for them, um, do they have a little bit of time to, to make their mind up and look at different options and try different, um, I don't want to say funding sources, but there are, you know, choices. Um, you know, some choices if you don't have the money. You know, or is it something that has to be decision made right away and into surgery within a couple hours?
1: Yeah, I think as long as the animal is stable, um, I think they're fine to switch clinics, um, especially with partial obstructions. I mean, sometimes those things are in there for up to a year or more, oh. um, just bouncing around in there. You know, mm-hmm. um, and so I think as long as the dog is stable or cat, you know, then I think it's okay to wait. Um, as long as there's not a linear foreign body, that's the biggest thing. And that linear foreign bodies are going to be things like, you know, animals that ingested a piece of a blanket and it's hung up somewhere and it's, you know, making me all of the intestines like an accordion. Those are severe emergencies. They need to take place right away. Um, You know, cats who get into dental floss and things like that. Those are things you would never, ever wait on. But I think as long as the animal is stable, um, you know, they're, they're happy, they're bouncing around, you'd never know anything's wrong because that's usually what Labradors like to do, um, it, then I think it's fine to get them to their, ne- their clinic the next morning. You know, there's always going to be, yes, some little risk, but I think as long as they seem okay otherwise, that might be okay to do.
0: Okay, yeah, because I can see some people uh, be becoming worried about the cost, which is very understandable. Um, and, and as long as we're just going to touch base on that, I, I do want to come back to another obstruction thing that I read about. And again, Doctor Nicole, you may have too. And some ways it's kind of funny, but but in reality, it isn't. But I'll, but I'll get to that in a second. But pet appreciators, I mean, if you are in that situation and you're sort of in a panic on on, on what to do, ah. Um, uh, you know, I would definitely check with your vet, you know, about any sort of payment plan offers that they might have. Definitely check into insurance. I would check into insurance now before, you know, a crisis happens. There's always a care credit, which I think is pr- probably pretty standard. Most, most people probably know about it. I know some people go to crowdsourcing options. Um, sometimes there's emergency grants that some clinics have. Um, so you can always check into that. Um, if there's a grant option there, um, another one that I haven't—I um, don't know a lot about—but I've recently heard about it, and it's called Scratch p- Scratch Pay, and that's another option. Um, I don't know a lot about it, but I've recently heard about it. But it's something that you might want to look up on the internet. Scratch p- Scratch Pay, all one one word. Um, but those are just some things, you know. If you if you're somebody that just doesn't have the extra cash flow at that particular time, and you're facing an emergency. Um, You know, those are some some options, uh, definitely. Uh, But this this story that I read about, oh, I didn't read in great detail, though, so I probably shouldn't say read, read, um, but a bulldog. I'll leave it to a bulldog. Okay, obviously a new baby in the house, and, you know, something was wrong, and they they did, you know, what Dr. Nicole was saying, you know, looking for, you know, objects in the uh, stomach and the intestine. But guess what they found? guess what they found in this bulldog you read it too
1: (laughs) no that's just what they they always eat those (laughs)
0: bulldogs
1: (laughs) and no just dogs eat those all the time
0: (laughs) 19 19 that's 19 19 i don't even have 19 fingers (laughs) 19 i mean that's a lot like i wonder if the owners maybe they're sleep deprived i don't know
1: but, like they weren't
0: they noticing all these missing? Things? I know they're like, hey, honey, where'd you put the pacifier? Uh, oh, I think it I think it's in the car, or I think uh, last time I saw it was on the high chair, you know, <laughs> like, but then nineteen pacifiers later, oh, the bulldog ate it, you know, or oh, bulldog oh ate them. Gosh. so that's a lot, you know that would feel uncomfortable. They're little rubbery ones, you know, I know that they come. It's been a long <laughs> time since I've parented. you know, my son is thirty four. Um, I think 34 and of course I'm a grandmother now too matter of fact my little granddaughter turned six months yesterday um, so yeah just love that so um, and I know that they have one or two pacifiers I don't think they have 19 but um, they do have a dog <laughs> so I might mention that <laughs> I might mention that I didn't know that but I suppose it's like a toy rubbery right oh yeah yep. yeah and, you know, maybe so if the, the baby just ate, maybe there's a little bit of food on it, and so it probably smells like a piece of food. You know, who knows? Who knows what that bulldog <laughs> was thinking, but he was... Uh, clearly, they were things that, that kept ending up on the floor, I would think. Because bulldogs oh, yeah. aren't, you know, I mean, the younger ones, I'm, I'm sure, can do a little bit of climbing. Matter of fact, I've got a bulldog at the building right now. She can climb. Um, so, you um, know, obviously, we have different steps and levels and Ramps and platforms and stuff. So um, it's not like she's jumping, you know, four feet into the air to get up on something. But but yeah, just hey, if you're a new parent and you're looking for your pacifiers, check in with your dog, please. That might be the answer. So, um, but I bet that was an expensive one too, and a, and a story that will last through that family system for generations to come. <laughs> My gosh, what was we? We just have a couple minutes before the next uh, commercial break, but it, you know, just like two minutes here, but. Anything unusual that you've pulled out of a dog or a cat? And um, you're like, oh, my God. I mean, I know tennis balls probably in socks.
1: Yeah, I think the the most common thing, um, are unfortunately, in cats is going to be those, those Nerf gun bullets. Um, for whatever Weird. reason, cats are eating those, and then they're getting them lodged because they're kind of foamy and they don't pass easily. Um, and then, of course, like, cute little Barbie shoes. We removed a little high heel Barbie shoe from one of our rescue kitties. It was the cutest x-ray. It looked just perfectly (laughs) like a little (laughs) high-heel. So mad at him, yeah.
0: I know, $4,000 later for a Barbie shoe.
1: Yep, Uh uh-huh. Oh, I was like a little stinker. But then um, one of my friend's cats, we pulled out like 13 extra-large hair bands from her cat. Oh, that's Um, right. Yeah, they just do naughty things naughty things but usually it's labs eating blankets and socks and tentacles like you said but other times there are some crazy things that they get into but hairbands oh, yay,
0: are, yay. yes because hairbands yep. are so much like little toys for cats you know i can see that just a reminder if you're a new cat owner you know keep those um keep those up and away in a safe spot that's for sure um and yep. then what about uh, gosh I, I don't mean to be gross again but um uh, bird parts. You know, if they go out, they catch a mouse or a bird. I would think a bird would be kind of prickly if they, you know, had any sort of bird bone obstruction.
1: Yeah. I've pulled, I remember the grossest one was like some type of a carcass out of a big dog. I don't know what it was, but it was so disgusting. I think it was like either a very large rat or a gopher or something because there were yeah the bones and the tail it was gross
0: oh I'm sorry oh pedaprecious we don't mean to do this to you <laughs> <I'm> sorry <laughs> yeah. entering another commercial break please stay with us
3: Jeff Warner for Warner Stellion, Minnesota's original appliance specialist. We've been guaranteeing the lowest price on appliances for 70 years. We appreciate the opportunity to earn your trust. We will deliver and install your new appliances as only specialists can. Now for a very limited time, Warner Stellion saves you even more on appliances with unbeatable discounts, plus trusted fast and free services, including delivery, haul away, and 18 months no interest financing. Visit your nearest Warner Stellion or shop online at warnerstellion.com today. Chances are, after spring cleaning, you missed a spot. A couple really big spots, like your roof and siding. Run your fingers across your siding. You'll likely get a gross residue, and your roof probably has some black streaks too. Your roof and siding aren't always easy to clean, but they're definitely the most visible parts of your home that give it its curb appeal. So let Blue Sky Services clean your roof and siding. Blue Sky's safe soft wash method won't cause any damages and will make your home look like new. Right now, Blue Sky Services is running their summer special where you can get your whole house, roof and siding clean starting at only $447. That's the most viewed parts of your home clean for only $447. Then mention AM 950 when you call Blue Sky Services to get an additional $50 off. So get the curb appeal back on your home and call Blue Sky Services at 952-467-2447. That's 952-467-2447. I'm Rick Unger. You've heard the screamers. You've heard the shouters, the haters, the beraters. Well, now it's time to listen to a real conversation, a rational conversation. Now it's time for The Rick Unger Show. Listen to The Rick Unger Show every weekday from 5 to 7 p.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Stream at am950radio.com or search KTNF on the TuneIn app.
4: Supporting the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities has never been easier. You'll find an expansive list of local dining options at eatlocalminnesota.com, from classic American comfort food to authentic flavors from around the world. Cafe Latte offers made-from-scratch soups, salads, sandwiches and mouth-watering desserts. Stop in the wine bar and enjoy a unique pizza loaded with fresh vegetables and perfectly roasted meats. Over 30 wines by the glass, Cafe Latte highlights Washington State wines and is the perfect destination for date night or an evening with friends. 850 Grand Avenue, St. Paul. Victor's 1959 Cafe has been serving South Minneapolis traditional Cuban food for over 15 years. Victor's is open for breakfast and lunch daily and now accepts dinner reservations, too. Stop in and try the Pollo Tropicale or the Sandwich Cubano, which was featured on Food Network. More at EatLocalMinnesota.com.
0: Thanks for sticking with us, Pet Appreciators. And if you're just joining us, uh, this is the Pet Connection Show here on AM 950, yeah. the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. Call-in number is 952-946-6205 if you have any questions, comments, or things that you want to share um, with uh, other Pet Appreciators or if you have a question for Dr. Nicole, always feel free to call in. Um, so I hope we haven't thoroughly grossed you out, Pet Appreciators, and and mm-hmm. um, and I'm sorry about that if we did. So, um, But... But another thing I wanted to, to to mention. Now I don't own a TV, so I'm I, I don't like watch TV. I don't, you know I just kind of get all my info from the internet. Um, but I did see a couple headline stories and a couple different um, you know places that I I check for news and you know uh, you know current issues and social issues and that kind of thing. And and of course it's that time of the year again where. It's the ugly dog contest and I'm such a poor sport about it. I just don't think they should do it. <laughs> I feel so bad. I take it too seriously. And so um so yeah, but there's another winner. I forget its name. Um I hope everybody who participated had a, had a blast, but but I always feel bad. And that's that. So I'm taking it too seriously. But did you did you see that Dr. Nicole? I think they do it yearly.
1: Somebody does. No. I've heard, I know that they do it. I didn't see this year's winner, but I always feel bad, too. (laughs) I I don't know what's
0: wrong with me about that. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, I guess, yeah, and I'm sure that the dog is getting tons of attention um, and probably won a cash prize and is probably going to get a new bed, you know, and some new toys and some treats, so it's probably living the good life, you know. Probably might make it on a packaging of, of uh something to sell a product and um and way cool. Probably we'll have a a a YouTube video and, and a Facebook page. So it's probably all good. <laughs> but um maybe if they just named it differently, like the word ugly, like no. I just wanted maybe I'd feel better about it if they just called it something different. Or maybe I should just let it go and not worry about it and just say, Hey, not
1: my thing. So Well I think you know, some of us View our pets as our kids. A lot of us, and it's not like you would ever support an ugly kid, ugliest kid cost, a, a contest. That would be awful. <laughs> it's like it feels. It just feels very wrong. Yeah. But hopefully, all the dogs are spoiled rotten and whatever, but
0: and eating healthy food and having having a good life, having a good life. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, um, so that's that. So, um, um, but I. I also wanted to talk just a little bit about, um, well, my little Poochie. And who is my little Poochie? My little Poochie is one of my cats. Um, I'm not sort of traditionally a cat owner. I've always been sort of a dog person, but um, a client a number of years ago needed to, to give up their cats and, and their dog as well. Uh, a family member was having just severe allergies. And that's hard, you know. They're very, very loving. Um, good, loving family. And um, and it just, you know, the, the uh, human medication just was not, um, you know, the allergies were just so severe that, it, that the medication just... It just wasn't working or whatever, so they needed to find a new home and it was just sort of a quick uh quick thing and you know one of the one of my staff took the dog that was really close with the dog, and I took the cats and you know blah 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 and, um and and I just feel bad because one of the cats you know th- what is it now four years later has come down with lymphoma and is that right, dr Nicole yeah, yeah thank you. I always get mixed up, but, um, I just feel bad because the cat is only, only 12 years old. And so I feel bad, like, because I'm, um, you know, first time at cat ownership, I feel like it's my fault. You know, like I wasn't doing something right. My home environment wasn't right. Um, I, I feel really good about nutrition all the time with my pets, cats or dogs. I feel really good. That's a huge focus. But I just feel like if it was older, if the cat was older, I don't think I'd feel quite as bad. But to me, 12 and a cat is middle age, I think. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I just feel really bad. And um, and I, I know that this is very common And blah, blah, blah. And we've been through all kinds of, you know, we've done the chemo and this and that and draining the lungs, whatever. And um, we've sort of been in this pattern of when the, you know, I I don't want to keep doing chemo when there isn't a test out there that shows that extensive long-term chemo is going to do anything um, in the long run anyway. So I don't want to subject him to that. But we've been doing different types of treatments. And every time I go in, which I did last night, Um, I was, you know, I always think, well, we're going to do it again because it worked. It temporarily works and really gives them a good quality of life. Within 24 hours, you would never know this cat had cancer. You would just never know that. You just wouldn't. Um, but last night, I think was the first time, and I talked with the vet about it too. It was like, you know, this, um, this treatment, uh, is, is starting to begin to um, have its limitations. And we all know from the very beginning that that day was going to come. And, you know, it doesn't mean that the little kitty will be gone tomorrow. Knock on wood, which is what I'm doing right now. Um, but, um, but yeah, you know what I mean? And just the way the other cat, his, his sibling, not litter mate, but just the other cat that was part of that original household, um, just the way he responded when um, I brought him home from the vet about 1 o'clock this morning, I could tell, and I know pet appreciators, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but the way that they sniff and uh, oh, oh, uh, Willie was so protective of Poochie, very, very protective, um, um, and even to the point of Willie won't eat if Poochie doesn't eat, um, won't leave his side, just the way he was putting his face right into Poochie's face and smelling and sniffing and... and um, and yeah, I don't want to go on and on and on about it, but you know what I'm talking about. They they know that there's something up or something wrong or something different. And you know, I was just watching that between the two of them at one o'clock in the morning, and um, and I found that fascinating in one way, of course, very sad in another, um, because all the other times it seemed like uh, Pucci was bouncing back a little bit faster, and Willie was like, yeah. It looks like you went to the dock again. All right, let's get back into our regular routine. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, but anyways, I just wanted to say that. So if anybody else is going through something like that, hey, man, I, I understand. I'm right there with you. And um, all your feelings are normal. All your, yeah, all your feelings and thoughts are normal. And just keep plugging away one day at a time, making the best medical decisions that you can uh, with the help of your vet. But anyways, I don't know if you have any thoughts, Dr. Nicole, and I'm only giving you, I don't know what, um, um, I'm only giving you maybe like 30 seconds and then it's the end of the show. So I don't know if you have any thoughts there, Dr. Nicole, um, about that, but um, I've been very happy with, with where... I just I've been very happy with with the, his treatment. Period. Um, but I wish there was more magic in the veterinarian field in terms of addressing cancer and our pets. And then I'll just let you have that last thought for the last thirty seconds.
1: Oh well, first I want to tell you that it's definitely not your fault. But that's what we always feel and we'll always think that. Um, I saw a case last week where a two-year-old dog had lymphoma. So that's just never. It's never fair. Um, but oh, that's.
0: Like, it's all I got. Right. We can hear the music. Hear the music. Yep, yep. Pet appreciators, thank you for joining us. Um, And again, if you're celebrating pride, happy pride. If you're not, have a happy day. And we look forward to being with you next week. Take care, everybody.